0: That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone.
3: Blanky Biscuit is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Flaky Biscuit where each episode we're cooking up delicious morsels of nostalgia. These are meals and recipes that have comforted and guided our guests to success. We really want to dive in and understand how this familiarity with food has forged a path forward, not just for a successful career, but for real change in our communities. I got to tell you something right now, that line has never resonated so strongly at Flaky Biscuit because our guest today, from philadelphia we we drove down to philly to visit a very talented chef also known as the flavor regulator you know what i'm saying like regulating some of the flavor (laughs) he's the executive chef at down north pizza in north philly and he's on a mission to staff the operation with only formerly incarcerated people an exceptional human being an exceptional chef please welcome mike carter Thank you thank you thank you thank you you're just too kind <laughs> <laughs> i don't know you might be the kindest person in the room here when i said that that line resonated probably the strongest it's ever resonated do you know why yeah and, and i feel i'm getting chills because i'm realizing how powerful your story is thank you uh we definitely like to push that community line and one out of
2: three people in my community is on parole Or has had some type of relationship with the carceral system. Mm -hmm. So, like my mother has three sons. So statistically, I'm the son that was the statistic that actually goes to the penitentiary. And like most of the people I grew up with, they've been to the penitentiary and back. Our fathers, like I didn't walk the yard where it was three generations of guys. Like we talking about grandpa, son, and grandson all in the same yard. So. I don't think people really understand how the carceral system actually affects America. It's the third biggest employer in our country. Wow. Once the coal mining jobs stop, you know, the oil, the steel jobs, what did they do? They built penitentiaries and all these little podunk towns that basically lost their industry. What we do at Down North Pisa we're a mission-based for-profit Restaurant and our mission is that we exclusively hire formerly incarcerated people, individuals, returning citizens to impact the
3: recidivism rate. Wow. I've never been so excited to speak with someone about such deeply meaningful work within a community because I'm thinking to myself, like how fortunate I am to be able to talk about my pizza and my dough and my bread, but you're doing the same thing and you're also changing the lives of people who might not have another chance to do something like this. We're gonna dive into that a lot more deeply, all right? But before we get into that, you know what I'm saying, the bone chilling stuff, you came here and you asked me to make a nostalgic meal for you. Yeah, That's what Flaky Biscuit's all about. So why don't you tell my listeners, tell our listeners, what is the nostalgic meal that you had me prepare and why? I asked you to make chicken and dumpling (laughs) because the day that we actually scheduled our
2: uh, podcast was my grandmother's birthday Mm. and without her, me or my younger brother, we probably would have went off on a whole different trajectory of life. Like I did, but I kind of got it together. But with it being her birthday, I just remember I'm an outside kid. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm that kid that when the streetlights came in, like, when your mom told you to come in, I'm like, damn, you really going to go in? Like, come on, we out here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, But I remember going inside of the house once everybody else was inside of the house and my grandmother having that chip and the dumplings on the, in the pot. And it's just, it's one of those, the weather, it's the season, it warms you up. And it's like,
3: who don't like chicken and biscuits and dough? Like, who don't like that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you. like the perfect. Yeah, it, it really is probably the perfect comfort food. Yeah. Even more perfect because your grandma was making. Exactly. I, w- I wish you had told me that your grandma made it. Now in my head, I'm like, man, no this, pressure. Shit ain't, this shit ain't going to be even. No pressure. with the grandma was doing, no pressure. Man, because that's a different level, <laughs> <bruh>. No pressure, <laughs> man. When was the first time you had it? Like, do you remember? Was there a moment you had it where you were like, oh, damn, like taking aback, back and, and it kind of just became part of your comfort? I definitely was like a juvenile. I was probably around like
2: 10 years old that I actually started actually paying attention to food mm-hmm. because I got a grandmother that can actually throw all the way down. And I got this grandmother. She had a couple different dishes that she was just nice at. This was one of those dishes that she was nice at it. I don't want it from nobody else or like, this Shit. is the standard. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, as I grow up with her being gone, it's like, it doesn't matter whose it is. It's like, I remember her that travel back in, in time and actually remember where you come from like in the good times. And you know like people always say like you shouldn't wish to grow up so fast. When I used to want to be an adult, but now that I'm adult, it's like, ah, I want to be a kid again. <laughs> so yeah, chicklin oh, dumplings is very special to me.
3: Have you ever tried to recreate it or do you ever make it for yourself?
2: No, I don't. That's why when you uh I looked you up and all the stuff that you do, I'm like,
3: oh man. So he
2: liked to go there. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna give him a challenge. You know what I mean? Nothing that I knew you would. I knew you would have rose to the occasion. You know what I mean? I'm like, you are the baking guy. You know what I mean? Like, I see you got the biscuits at Tatiana. I'm like, oh
3: yeah, you know, I yeah. I definitely know how to throw down. Yeah, uh, for you know, sure. but- <laughs> he said for sure. I actually love doing it this way, where I. I don't know that much about it, but I got a little bit out of you. I think you told me, let me I'm going to pull up the text. Hold on. I'm going to pull up the text of what we said. Yeah, let's go. You just said chicken and dumpling. Yeah. And I was like, great. And you asked me anything special and about then, it. And I'm like spicy. Like, like, a few days like, later, I, I was like sitting on the couch and I was like, man, hold up. bro. Let me, I need a little bit more. Sometimes yeah. I don't get a little more. Sometimes okay. I get just like a line and I got to roll with it. And you said, always from scratch, spicy, very filling, yeah. comforting. Exactly. And that's all I needed to know where I was like, OK, I think I think I could bring this to the next level. And, you know, I don't make chicken and dumplings often. I I don't know if I've ever made it yeah. until right now, to be yeah. honest with you. I mean, I've, I've had it, thought about it, but I don't know if I've ever really made it or dissected like what it is. Do yeah. you know? Are you familiar with like the history of chicken and dumplings? No, I'm not
2: really familiar with the history. I just know that it has two of my favorite things. <laughs> chicken and biscuits and it's like like two different things that I can't live without like sometimes you ever meet somebody and they're like I don't like that and it's
3: like what you don't like about it the name or something
2: because you eat this and you eat that and it's just just a marriage
3: of it like I mean I eat chicken every day in different forms I love chicken and I know that chicken is widely consumed by uh, people in this country chicken used to be a delicacy which now then we got all the mass produced chicken so like we got that You ever drove through Delaware? (laughs) Yeah, Delaware is for real, yeah. Delaware got all them factories, man. So it's not not so much a delicacy no more. But back, you know, over the course of the 20th century, this combination of stewed chicken and rolled dumplings kind of became, started taking on localized names, you know, chicken and pastry in North Carolina, ultimately chicken and dumpling. And some people do different types of dumplings. Some people do the drop biscuit. Some people do an actual layered flaky biscuit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, so that's what <laughs> uh, we're getting into. I kind of did a hybrid because sometimes you don't want to overcomplicate yeah. what should be simple. And and the thing about flakier biscuits is that is cold layered butter and a hot oven is what makes the flaky layer. So if you think about when you cook chicken and dumplings, that might not translate. So I, I thought maybe that maybe the non-layered buttery drop biscuit would work better because it, it'll stew with the, with the mixture and kind of turn soft. Okay. So that was the approach I took. You know we read about chicken and dumplings i was in my brain like okay i've had it before thick maybe a roux pulled chicken could be leg could be thigh could be breasts i opted to go with breasts today because the corner store this old little hippy dippy little shop only had the organic breast. Yeah. i would have liked to do a hybrid of some dark meat and white meat because i think that would have given it more flavor alas so what i did is i just boiled it straight shredded the chicken breasts And you told me about spicy. So I was like, okay. I brought with me some cayenne, some Tony's straight out of New Orleans. You already know it's right behind you. Some Creole seasoning. Uh, Some garlic powder, some salt, some pepper. So I sauteed the shredded chicken breast with some butter and those seasonings. In the pot over here where the mixture is actually at right now, some butter, some carrots, onions, garlic, celery. Let those sweat. Then I had some chicken broth warming up behind it, getting all sizzly, getting all bubbly. I added some stone ground, whole grain flour right. to the mixture to create the roux. Cause I was like, if I'm gonna make a roux, I might as well use the best possible flour I can. So I brought some of that shit with me. Yeah, no doubt. You know what I'm saying? Mixed up the flour, added the chicken broth, then I added the cream. Because, you know, it's like you were talking about, that thick, creamy, comforting chicken yeah. and dumplings, opted to go with heavy cream. After I added the heavy cream, I mixed it up. I let it simmer. I added the peas, frozen peas. Was there peas in your grandma chicken and dumplings? Yeah, it was. It it was like a a a nice pot pie. You hear me? Like situation, (sighs) but it was like in the soup. Yeah. So I opted to make more of a dumpling dumpling. And I melted the butter, stone ground flour, milk, salt, a little sugar. Because I was like, I'm going to put this on top of this mixture. And then it's going to kind of steam to cook it. Yeah. So with the flaky layer cold butter biscuit, you want the pop of hot oven. And I was like, this is a different ball game. This is like steaming the biscuit. So I made a dumpling like that. And I'm about to serve it to you right now. Hey man, let's get it. <laughs> I can't wait. Would you like some as well? Yeah. I gotta yeah. serve everybody. All right. You want some too bad? I got it, babe. Sit down, hold your post. All right, all right. So the moment has come. You've been served chicken and dumplings. I need all the deets, man. What do you see? What do you smell? I see celery, I see
2: some nice carrots, I see some peas, I see these husky pieces of chicken, I see the biscuit. It's like nice and creamy looking, like mm. it's not see-through, You're not not opaque, it's like real rich. You ready to get in? Yes, I am. Let's do it. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Ooh, look at that spice right there. Mm. You did it, man. <laughs> this joint slamming. I'm hungry too. <laughs> so- You asked me, did I ever attempt to make it myself? I never attempt to make it myself, but it used to be a brand when I was a kid called Glory. You remember Glory in a can? Glory? I used to have Glory Greens, Glory Yams. It was like a soul food, Mm -hmm. but they sold it in the market. And they had a chicken and dumplings. It wasn't my mammas, but it was something I could open the can and I could like spice it up myself right, just right, make, right, it, right. make it for myself. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. that's the closest I ever been to this. Like, thank you, bro. Like,
3: this joint is slamming. Man, I did this for you. I mean, I'm going to clean my plate. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely that type type of business. Are you seeing the whole grain flour in there? Listen, bro, you stepped on this. <laughs> What's the green right here? Parsley. Parsley herb. It wasn't thyme because it looked too big and it wasn't the pea mm-hmm. or the celery, so it was definitely the parsley. I thought you got real chef and like diced some kale up or something. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> that's, that's the thing, man. Like, one time I was making some po for somebody in Miami, I was trying to open a concept. This dude was an investor. He was like, oh, po-boys, oh, in Miami would be great. So made me some po-boys. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna eat some po-boys. Made the bread, because you already know I get down. And I made it real. Fried catfish lettuce hot house tomato mayo pickle like it was slamming it was a good real poor boy. boy he was eating it you know he was there with some people and I, I was cooking right in front of him and they were like okay great 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 by the way i just had to pause my story clean plate club yeah. has been achieved real clean plate club has been achieved we about to get seconds <laughs> you already know this was good bro <laughs> they regrouped they, they walked me outside and the guy was like you know i really thought you were gonna wow me and I was expecting to see some kind of like house made aioli, or you know maybe some mixed greens instead of that iceberg lettuce, and maybe some da da da. I was like, "I'm making you a po' boy, not a rich boy." Yeah. And that, and they I'll don't never, get it. I'll never forget that moment. He had no clue how to even respond to that shit because yeah. he don't even know what a po' boy is. He don't even know the history he of it. He was just so some you don't dude with money who yeah. was like, "Oh, look at this Lebron guy making something cool. Let's turn it yeah. into a concept." Yeah. And I'm like, nah, dog, I'm making you a po' boy, mm-hmm. not a rich boy. Listen to the name of we it. Don't, and that's to my point. He yeah. listen, you to see no know, kale. Yes, I use some stone ground whole grain flour for the dumpling, but, and I want to I wanna know your thoughts on that. I think it just gives like a little bit of, oof, that's a little different, but not enough mm-hmm. to where it it just changes everything about the dynamics, yeah.
2: you know? I feel like this right here, the stone ground flour actually gave it like that little step of elegance that... Now, instead of for like ten dollars on a menu, we can go for that extra, (laughs) you know what I mean?
3: Hungry for more flaky biscuit? Stay tuned.
1: Escape to Summer with Victoria's Secret.
4: You know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
1: A redwood forest would be cool. Ski
0: slopes!
4: Wait! Did we just invent California?
0: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Time is a luxury for us, especially if you're a mom. That's why we need a skincare routine that's easy, fast, and gives us results. From serum sets to the always sold out retinol alternative TBT cream, you'll find your perfect skincare match. Dime has over 2 million happy customers, and their product reviews are literally 5 stars. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com for 20% off with code GETDIME. That's dimebeautyco.com, code GETDIME for 20% off.
4: You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi
3: My listeners, Bridget, myself, were wondering: Did I bring you back though to your grandma's house? And if not, where did I bring you?
2: I feel like you might have brought me back, but actually, on the elevated tip, mm-hmm. my grandma ain't used no stone ground flour. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so it was like, but like I told you, like I'm already in that space today because it's her birthday so like i'm highly appreciative of you actually making this meal for me and it exceeded my expectations (laughs) it got the the hotness coming
3: spice levels always
2: tricky i grew up with hot sauce on the table like at my house like this might sound crazy right for breakfast we when we had grits get your eggs your bacon we used to put hot sauce on our grits right and we also like have applesauce so like i used to mix the applesauce oh. with my grits a little hot sauce on it it's like kind of crazy you know what i mean but like that's what they did in my house no but I mean? it
3: makes sense because it'll neutralize a little it'll cut yeah. it'll cut the heat out and it'll also add a little sweetness yeah, exactly it makes per. it's like hot honey yeah. that's basically hot honey what you're describing yeah. in a way where you got some apple that's pureed sweetness yeah. and some heat exactly so even like with
2: the flavor regulator right when i decided to name my company flavor regulator it was always about I go places and I'm like, dang, this is good, but maybe if it had a little bit more, like I try to infuse flavor in as many places as I can without it being overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Even with you, like with what you said with the biscuits, you like, yeah, I'm gonna use this flour because I know it could elevate it just a little bit more, but you don't want to overdo it and have it be like maybe he don't like it like a that. rich boy. I mean, yeah, <laughs> a rich boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So what actually makes a po boy? Oh shit. I'm I'm
3: interested in that question because I can tell you there's so many fake Philly cheesesteaks out here. And that's a question I had for you. I was going to get to, you know, this is a special episode, man. It's not, it's not often the guests will ask (laughs) me a question like that. That's, it was (laughs) dope. So I'm going to be real. A po' boy is several things. First, got to start with sandwiches, right? Because every part of the world has a distinct sandwich culture. And definitely when you're from a part of the world, you think your sandwich is better than other sandwiches. Yeah. So, like, I think po'boys is, is exceptional. I'm not going to say it's the holy grail of sandwiches, but, like, you know, I had a cheesesteak. I had a chopped cheese. And it's no disrespect. I love chopped cheese. Mm. But a po'boy hits so much different because of the, the way it's flavored and fried and da-da-da-da-da. A shrimp po'boy, right? It's all about the spice level and the way something's fried. You got to have fried yeah. or a roast beef po'boy. But your roast beef got to be real roast beef. It can't yeah. be sliced. And this is what I'm saying. Like, we you said fake Philly cheesesteak, you go to New Orleans, you get a roast beef po' boy, and you see it's like sliced roast beef. Yeah. Nah, son. You need that I want, the, up. I want the debris. Yeah. I it want a real chunk of beef that was roasted. fell apart on itself. Yeah. That, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And then, on, <laughs> and, and on that <laughs> menu, you got a debris po' boy, which is French fries with the roast beef debris. Okay. Mayo, hothouse tomatoes, crisp iceberg lettuce. The bread is the star of the show, though. Yeah. The po' boy bread is not replicated anywhere in the country. Now, you could say the same thing about like a Kaiser roll or a bagel. Like there's different breads in the world that aren't replicated. And the reason why is because you got a concentration of people who specialize in that bread in that part of the world. So in New Orleans, we got people that make po' boy, French bread colonization. It's all about the colonies and who colonized what. So French cats. So number one, it has to be on French bread, French bread. And the way you make it not to get too deep, milk or milk powder, maybe a little rice flour, brown rice flour if you want to get a little more fermentation, but the rice flour is going to add to that structure and stability to the bread. The milk is going to add that creaminess and sturdiness to hold the toppings, some sugar for the color and to make the top crackle. The top has to to shatter. When you bite into polewood bread, it has to shatter a little bit. To the point is there's a lot of layers in sandwiches, even if it's like, oh, it's just like six ingredients, but like, What goes into a po' boy, I think, and this is my personal opinion, it's very special. I get it because in Philadelphia,
2: so I didn't been places. So I was just in Kuwait a couple months ago, right? Mm. And the guy that I went out there to uh, get with, he took us to a Philly cheesesteak place in Kuwait. And I'm like, In Kuwait? And I'm like, shit, it's not it. And it was not it? It's not it because, first and foremost, it's about the role. It has to be on an Italian roll. It's mm-hmm. a famous company called Amoroso's here. This is the home of Amoroso's. So it's like, listen, we got to start with that Italian that bread. That bread has to and be exactly a lot of times right. it comes from the city where it's at, the water. We got to talk about that water. Yeah. You understand? It's not the same wherever you're doing it at. And then they had lettuce and tomatoes on it. And it's like. This is a cheesesteak hoagie. This is not a cheesesteak. You understand know what I'm saying? So, so, okay, it,
3: so what, what is a cheesesteak? To me, a cheesesteak
2: is an Italian roll from Philadelphia. And you have to have shaved ribeye. Like, oh, it's, it's about that cut of meat, too. Because, like, no, no. Because, like, these guys, like, in certain places, they got the super tough meat or the Oof. steakums. And it's right, like, right, right who wants to lose their teeth trying to eat this? Like, come on. Like, this joint got to be Right. <laughs> And the simpler the better, like it's really about that roll and the meat and whatever you decide to put on your cheesesteak. See me, I like Cooper Sharp, uh-huh. Cooper Sharp fried onions. You got to get fried onions. Like mm-hmm. if you're not putting onions on that, it's not a fully cheesesteak. Like yeah. I don't know nobody from Philly that don't get fried onions right. on their cheesesteak. Right, steak. okay. Yeah, but I love Cooper Sharp, the creaminess of it, you know what I mean? But in my younger days, it was I was a provolone kind of guy, you know what I mean? Okay. And... I do barbecue sauce and mayo. Oh, damn. Oh, shit. So I hate ketchup. Okay. I feel like ketchup is for children.
3: Oh, damn. I love ketchup. Yeah. I said, I love ketchup. He said, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, you can,
2: said. I'm going to tell you the truth, right? We know it's ketchup and barbecue sauce. So I feel like let's get some sophisticated. Good barbecue sauce. Yeah, yeah good barbecue sauce. I mean, I everybody. fuck
3: with like, Sweet Baby yeah. Rays on the yeah. slick. Sweet so Baby Rays
2: got the hood and the cobra clutch. <laughs> like, the spicy Sweet Baby rays got the hood and the Cobra clutch. Dog, like, if I go does, into your kitchen does, and you don't does, have that spicy Sweet dog, Baby Ray's, I'm baby like, what are you rais- doing in you here? Even Costco got yeah. the big gallons in yeah, yeah, there. Like, like, what are you doing that we pulling they-
3: up? I'm like, honestly, it's like awful and a little too sweet for you. But yeah, like, yeah hey, it is. What? But it's that. It's my go-to. It's a guilty pleasure. I got to say this, man. Like, maybe I am a child. Because, like, everyone I talk to about ketchup, I do this podcast with David Chang called Recipe Club. I did yeah. this one recipe with him and his uh, boy, Chris Yang. They were vibing with what I did, and Dude. as soon as I mentioned ketchup, bro, they started just straight shitting on me. Because there's so many like, different things you could do happening in No, I know. I look, I know that, but ketchup is great. Well, I just, I, I won't
2: take this away. Ketchup and French fries. Yeah, man, I are mean, that's what I'm saying. A like, great marriage. You, you this is Philadelphia. Like, it's the home of Hers potato chips, right? Hers. Yeah. You ever had ketchup chips?
3: Yeah, in Canada.
2: Yeah. Philadelphia, you know, Heinz come from Pittsburgh. That's the other side of Pennsylvania. You uh, know okay. what I mean? But they had the Hers ketchup chips with the Heinz ketchup. And that's the thing. Another thing with ketchup, it got to be Heinz to me. When I was a kid, if I went over your house and you had Hunts ketchup, I'm like, it's off brand. <laughs> no. I can't do that. That's why I was always a barbecue sauce guy, because it's like, oh, he got hunts? No. No, no, but no, no, man, no. I can't do that.
3: That's like Sam's Choice Cola. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you ever had Sam's choice. Yeah. No. But it's like, you ain't even got real Coke. Like, nah, I ain't even drinking that. We or like cool. RC Cola or some shit. Like yeah, you got that. I don't think I've ever had a proper cheesesteak. I, I went to the to the bullshit tourist. The first my, you know, my first time in Philly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was all right. They put the whiz on it. I don't know how you feel about that. And I I thought it was fine. The meat was dry. It felt like it was just sitting in a chafing dish and just like, you know, drying out. But you went to one of them. I went to one of them. It's like it's like if you went to like Bourbon Street and got a po' boy or something like you you might do it because you don't know. And you're 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 in the middle of the city.
2: The place (laughs) with the bright lights. We don't do that in Philly. So where, where do we go? I got a trifecta. It depends on what part of town I'm in. Where I'm from, I grew up on gyms west okay on 62nd street it was black people working in it for years but now it's black owned. west philly 62nd street they got it if i'm in south philly i'm gonna do angelo's on mm-hmm. 9th street it's okay. right by the italian market Angelo's, yeah yeah. yeah.
3: You, you even said it with a little yeah, it's for real they yeah. got the
2: italian bread okay. with the seeds on it and everything <laughs> like they go yeah yeah <laughs> and if and if we're uptown like towards like where my shop is at my shop is in North Philly, so the closest good cheesesteak place is Delisandro's. Delisandro. Delisandro's. All right, man. Always with onions on your shit. Always. You just got to pick what cheese you want. My mature taste buds love Cooper Sharp.
3: I love that, man. We, we definitely going to, I might have to come pull up and pop up or some shit down here. We're going to have to reconnect. But the listeners want to know a lot of things about you. I want to know a lot of things about That's you. right. More specifically, I want to know how did you get started in food? Clearly, you're a smart, sharp chef. You clearly know a lot about flavor profiles. You speak with a lot of passion when it comes to different types of food. How did you get here?
2: I got started in food way young, like in my grandma's skirt. So, you know, like grandma, it may be a family dinner and she need the cubes cut up for the mac and cheese. Oh, I'll do that because I'm going to steal some too. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm down for that. You know what I mean? But I have a strong family passion for get togethers. Mm-hmm. So when my family came up out of the South, my mother's side, we went to four different cities up north. We went to uh, Norfolk, Virginia, Baltimore, Maryland, Philadelphia, and New Haven. And from that, my grandfather and his first cousin, my uncle Harvey, they started this family reunion. And my family, we go from one of those cities every year, Labor Day weekend. So whatever city it's in, they're hosting. So you don't have to put no money up except for your hotel. Right. They collecting fees all year. Like we do this during real. And if you're not paying your fees, cousin, you know, like we, we looking at you every function, like <laughs> listen, pay fees. them fees. You <laughs> hear me? Cause once you get 18, you oh you owe dough. Cause we partying together. You know what I yeah. mean? And I looked at that, like that was a, a look into party promoting mm-hmm. and like organizing catering. And so like the gene was always in us. And then we got my father's side We always had family dinners. Like, it doesn't matter what holiday it is, we're gonna go somewhere and have dinner. We're gonna hold hands before we eat, and we're gonna play board games after we eat. And, you know, the age groups are gonna break down into like, y'all be out here, y'all go here. Yeah, I mean, I got to a certain age, I was in the back of the house with the cousins. (laughs) Then, fast forward, I started getting locked up. The food sucks in jail. Oh, shit. But guess where the food doesn't suck it? Where? In the kitchen. <laughs> the officer's dining hall. They call it the ODR. Uh-huh. At most prisons, that's what they call it. So it's like, you know, they don't eat the same shit we eat. What do they eat? Oh, they get staff appreciation. week. They get chicken wings. They get faux cheese steaks. You know what I mean? Because they ain't real unless they done the right way. They get all types of solids. You know, like being locked up. You don't even get solids. Then, you know, as kids, it's like, imagine missing a solid. You know what I mean? But it's like, they get the good fruit without the bruises on it. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, my whole thing, like, when I started getting booked, it's like, that's where I could eat at. But I could also hustle because everybody else hungry, too. Oh, damn. How'd you hustle? I can get into this kitchen. I can make a couple swags, bring them back to the block. Swags is anything they would say is a big chicken day. So... I might have a little program running where my man, he going to stash 50 pieces of ch- chicken thighs, right? <laughs> and I got him. He breaking them down, taking them all off the bone. I come in. I get all the bread. We run that on through the toaster. We start making sandwiches, get the cheese. And then we wrapping them around ourselves and we smuggling them out of the kitchen back to
3: whatever block you at. It's on. Right, are you selling sandwiches. Now that my mind's blown. But my question is, what did you get out of that? Why did you do that? Cause you could have just made a sandwich for yourself and moved on with your day. Why did you go? Cause it costs to
2: live. It costs to live. Like I seen supply and demand. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's one thing I know is like when you in there, you still need money to live. That's the one thing I like to uh, get people to really understand about this carceral system. It's very predatory. Cause it's not just preying on me. Like say I'm your brother. I get mm-hmm. locked up. Right. You got to do that bid with me. If you love me, you know what I mean? Cause now I'm calling home like, yo, bro. Next check, you think you could float me 50 bucks? Right. Yeah, I got you. Now, automatically, my brother every month, he making sure he send me $50. But if I can make a way out of no way, out of just living off the land, that's what they call that, you know what <laughs> I mean? But I was living off the land, so. <laughs> it's real rap because people was paying money in the penitentiary right now for the guy who could smuggle him some onions and peppers back to the block just to make that ramen noodle better. Flavor, like the things that we take for granted in there, People got to smuggle it out of a kitchen. So, yeah, so I just seen a, a opening,
3: and I filled it. Did that also play a part in who you are as a chef today? Is Do you ever draw on those moments in an inspirational way?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My guy, uh, Sonny, welcome home to him, he just hit the halfway house. So he likes to tell everybody, like, that was my Sully when he used to make pizza out of ramen noodles. And he told me he was going to go home and make his shake. And let him tell it, like, I started down north pizza up there. All I had was ramen noodles, Cheez-Its. I used to crush them together, a little water, put them inside of a chip bag, a potato chip bag. You know, you move it together with a little water and then we flatten it out. Flatten it out till it gets nice and stiff. Let it sit for a little bit, put a book on top of it. You know, you got to be ingenuitive, right? I'm making my oven out of an extension cord. And some fingernail clippers. That's how I'm boiling
3: water in there. Oh. Oh, you
2: know what I mean?
3: Let me tell you something right now. I've read books, met chefs. I've been all this fancy shit. You go on TV and social media and see all these big brand guy, Gordon Ramsay, yeah. whatever. What you're telling me right now, yeah. I think, is, is the real cooking. Yeah. And you, you did it in an environment that not many, first of all, not many people even know about. And not many people can survive in. Yeah. In an environment that was dangerous to you. So <laughs> I'm just in awe of your talent. You know, you're an executive chef at a pizza company right now, Down North Pizza, and you're telling me your inspiration was from ramen noodles, Cheez-Its, smuggling things out of a kitchen Dude, to the block.
2: Something out of nothing. So uh, being in there, they make tattoo guns out of uh, tape deck cassette players. You understand? We don't have pizza sauce, but we got barbecue sauce and salsa. So I'm like, uh, mix them together. That's my sauce. <laughs> so I love pizza my whole life. I love making pizza. And my guy, uh, Muhammad, our founder, he was like, I want our pizza to be nostalgic from like the Ilios when we were kids. You know what I mean? And even when you had school pizza, remember that? That was pan shit. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So even in the penitentiary, they, when they give you pizza on certain days, I don't know if they still giving it up like that, but uh, it's always a pan style pizza. Yeah. All I know is that whenever that day happened, whether it's the penitentiary or in school, they both institutions. But you didn't skip that line. You was there. Right or wrong. If as long as it's pizza, I'm down for it. But if y'all doing the mystery meatloaf and all that other shit, I might skip that. I keep my lunch money until we get out of school and you might go get a poor boy where you at. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I might go, go to the poppy store and get a cheesesteak. Because yeah. I'm not eating that. But pizza day. You no know
3: ice gets pizza. And that's, the, and that, and, and that's the thing. <laughs> listen, like you know, my work—I'm focused specifically on Latin American baking, but ain't nothing gonna stop me from making pizza. Yeah. Pizza content, pizza dough, feeding people yeah. pizza. When people come over for dinner. Hey, I'm gonna make some sourdough pizza. Yeah. Pizza's like a unifier. And I remember at school eating the little pizzas that came in a plastic bag. They would pop them in some kind of oven. And it would come out yeah. all steamy and mo- and wet, and actually kind of nasty. But shit was good. Now you still, but you ate it. And I, I would I eat it right now. Yeah, it's so familiar. So, you know, you, you've been in and out of the system. You've come out to become an executive chef. But I want to know what was the moment like for you to reintegrate into and I'm not going to say some shit about reintegrating society because like that's a whole different dimension. I'm sure I'm interested in reintegrating into the ingredient pool. So when you realized you were like, I want to make pizza for a living. You must have felt like you were in a playground when you started, oh, there's flour and you know what I'm saying? Like, I can do this, I can do, oh, there's a mixer. And so, like, walk me through. My culinary
2: adventure once I left the uh, penitentiary. My first job outside of the penitentiary working in the kitchen, I was a short order chef for, uh, my mom works for the electric company. Mm -hmm. And it was this guy, he had to bid for the electric company. So all the linemen, those guys come in early in the morning and I would make their breakfast, you know what I mean? So like, that's Mm. my first stint on the line. Then I ended up getting knocked, I go away for seven and a half years. I come back home and my PO was like, listen, get a job or go to school. I'm 27 at this time. So I'm like, I'm going to school so I can still play. You know what I mean? The girls is at school, (laughs) you know what I mean? I'm going to school. So I registered at the Art Institute of Philadelphia, and I'm in school now. And it's not all I c- it was cracked up to be. The only right. classes that I'm enjoying is the lab classes. Mm-hmm. I excel at culinary math mm-hmm. because I've been cutting and measuring my whole life. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's like eh, I don't want to take this English class. But I'm always paying attention to these lab classes because now. I'm used to being in the penitentiary where I got to ask them to let me inside to walk in and they stand there over me. Oh, shit. And now I'm in a culinary heaven. I'm like, I'm just walking in the pantry and I'm like, oh, shit. We got an assignment and it's like, I can use this. I can. What is this? I've never seen this shit before. And I'm experimenting with these different flavors. And I'm at school being able to come home and actually be in the side of the, the kitchen that wasn't policed. Right. Because I come up in the police kitchen. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. so the knives that we used to have to cut shit up with, they were tethered to the motherfucking table. And so you felt freedom
3: ultimately. You all started, of a sudden. You started yeah. to realize what like culinary freedom might feel yeah, like. Yeah,
2: exactly. And I really was like, oh, I could do this. So, like, I got my first job at a catering company out uh Phoenixville. That's like a suburb. And shout out to Chef Maria Campbell. I always shout her out because she told me that I was an expert in mass quantity production. <laughs> and I freaked my resume and I got a job at like $20 an hour. Let's go. You know what I mean? They asked, oh, so where's your previous experience? Oh, I used to work at SCI Greensburg. Uh-huh. Yeah, in the dietary department. I didn't say I was an me you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> yeah. once you get me in, like, I don't know how you are in kitchens, but I'm big on the demo. Yeah. I bluffed my way into so many kitchens. It's like, yeah, just demo it for me.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I see. Yeah.
2: That's how I started making my way in these kitchens out here. So shout out to her. She got me to uh, help me form a resume that I felt comfortable enough to pass around. And it was up to me after that to sell myself. So once I'm in those different kitchens and like you said, freedom. I'm not restricted, I can actually do whatever I want, and I'm doing little things outside of the recipe, because you know, a recipe is just a guideline. Like, let me add a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little razzmatazz. And everybody like, oh yeah, we want Mike on that now. It was like, yeah. So like, I started getting real confident. And around the pandemic, I remember I left this one restaurant I was at because they wouldn't give me the amount of money that I thought I deserved. Mm Because it's like a lot of times when I was in them downtown restaurants, I'm the black guy and I'm the black guy that's from the city. So some people are saying I'm aggressive. They're saying I'm that. No, I'm just not letting you walk all over me and right. say whatever. And you're not going to talk to me like Gordon Ramsay talks to the people because like we can go out back. <laughs>
3: yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. like
2: I'm not with none of that shit. So yeah. like once they realized they couldn't control me, but it was actually good to have me in the yeah. kitchen because I actually got the job done. It was golden. And then. The pandemic hit and I started flavor regulators. Basically, I bought a smoker and I was on my porch with a I had a six rack smoker with the hooks, with the sausage hooks. And I'm just smoking meat and people walking by like, yo, you selling that? Because, you know, ain't nobody outside no more. And I'm like, shit. Go to the restaurant depot, get me a couple of uh, platters. Yeah, now I'm selling it. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, I got a call. You're the person who meets. You check off all the boxes to be the executive chef of this spot. Because it's one thing to hire guys from the penitentiary, but it's another thing to hire guys that can actually run a restaurant. Right. And it was a wrap after that. One thing I like to, for people to understand is I'm not just a piece of chef. You know what I mean? Pizza made perfect sense because I was going to be able to actually demonstrate and tell my story and speak for the voiceless people that are actually still inside. My phone rings. Like, if I didn't mute my phone before I came in here, I would have had about two, three jail calls from my homies. Like, they call me and they tell me, oh, what they doing in there now? And I'm listening every time because I'm like, I ain't going back for shit. Keep telling me about it because I'm going to tell the media about the goofy stuff that's going on in there. So... My position at Down North Pisa was like my demonstration because during the pandemic, everybody was out there protesting for Floyd, Black Lives Matter. But somebody like me and like I told you, one out of three black Americans are on some type of parole or have some type of experience with the carceral system. It's not a bail fund in America that could bail me out if I have any contact with the police. So I couldn't be out there. Right. No, that's automatic locked up. I got kids. I can't play that shit. Like, I can't go out there. So, like, down north has become my demonstration. I'm going to show you what it looked like when returning citizens get together. I tell everybody, we're fathers at my shop. I got a bunch of dads that make pizza and trying to come up. You hear me? That's it in in a nutshell, like the journey. But a lot went into actually developing this menu. At Down North, I don't have a menu. I have a track list. Yeah,
3: Every do. single one of my pizzas
2: is a name of a Philadelphia hip hop or r song. Wow. So my top selling pie is the Rock the Mic. Yeah, is B.C. going to play. Yeah, and I got, got what it a the rock the mic. right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Beanie Yeah, exactly. Come Beanie Siegel now. Freeway. <laughs> yeah, Freeway. Uh, freeway been in the shop. You know what I mean? Shout out to him.
3: Man, let me say about freeway, man. Are yeah. you kidding me? Don't you know the so console purpose is to lock, lock us down, down and throw away
2: the key, key. but without the this drug shit, shit our kids ain't got no way to, to eat. eat. Uh, yeah. Wow. So like, wow. Um, so back to that tracklist. Hip hop played a big part of being the soundtrack to our lives when we was out there. So we definitely wanted to be nostalgic. Even the title our shop down north when you're in philadelphia if you're going to north philly you're going to down you're going down Mm. north it don't matter if you're coming from south philly whether you're coming from center city what you're going down north so with down north being the culture and how we speak in philadelphia the menu had to reflect the culture so to rock the mic that's the beef pepperoni pizza it's a loud shot we serve no pork in our shop that's my top selling pie and the no better love, you know, I can't stop giving you. Uh, uh, you remember that, joint? <laughs> that's the cheese pie. Because, you know, oh, there's no better love than the cheese no pie. no better love than the cheese you pie. I mean, the, but my what we do, that's my freaky, joint. That got a little, that's the meat lovers. That's the pepperoni, beef sausage that we make sauteed kale, banana peppers, and a honey chipotle uh, drizzle on top of it for a cheese blend like, yeah. So I'm getting real freaky with the flavors, but it's all a soundtrack. Right to Philadelphia. I love the fact that our restaurant has become a destination for people to actually come from out of town or anywhere in the city. And they'd be like, yo,
3: oh shit, you got a flip side on that, you're on. You got a, oh, uh, what we do? It's, it's-, an, it's an experience. And, and I think this is why you're so important, why a lot of chefs, you know, whether it's Kwame and Tatiana or, you know, it's changing the conception of what an experience should be or what, what is a destination restaurant? You know, like if Bourdain was alive, would he come? He probably would yeah, come to your definitely. joint, to be honest. For sure. And, and that's the new level that we want to bring. It's like not just your experience and your culture and your upbringing and everything you've been through. It's the fact that it is actually a high level eatery at the same time. Yeah. And it happens to have maybe freeway is playing in the background or yeah. something like that. Maybe we're wearing our do-rags when we walk yeah. in and we like, what's up, bro? And the media doesn't like to let us think that that can be high level food. We're changing that. You're changing. We control the cool though. We're controlling because we always have been always have.
2: straight (laughs) like that. And, and, And don't ever forget it. When you own a shop, you can put whoever you want on the wall. So guess what I got on the wall? All black people. You hear me? I got nothing but his historic and iconic pictures of Philadelphia. And you ever heard a move in 1985, our mayor, our first black mayor dropped a bomb on an all black neighborhood in West Philadelphia. And we actually have those pictures on the wall. Some of them guys, I was locked up with some of them guys. We talking about the only people in the history of this country to go to jail after the, they dropped a bomb on them.
3: Yeah. You
2: know what I mean? Yeah. We talking about they did 30, 40 years. When you come into our shop, you see a picture of 62 row homes level. So when they come in, and like, yeah, I'm here for pizza. But like, what's up with that picture on the wall? Oh, let me tell you something about Philadelphia. This is the history that I grew up in that rubble. You know what I mean? They was just putting that neighborhood back together. I always knew about that. They may come for pizza, but they stay for the message and the conversation that they get. You know what I mean? Because it's a forgotten about piece of history in Philadelphia. But if you come to my shop, you gonna learn. Man, I just learned.
3: Yeah. I'm glad I, you're very special, Mike. Thank you're very, you, you're, thank very, you. you're very special. That's because what my grandma said. You're, you're well. I, I mean, <laughs> they don't. I mean, I can't steal all the shine from the grandma with They're the dumplings too.
1: And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition bombshell-escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com.
4: Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country,
1: huh? A Redwood
0: Forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
4: Wait! Did we just invent California?
0: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Time is a luxury for us, especially if you're a mom. That's why we need a skincare routine that's easy, fast, and gives us results. From serum sets to the always sold out retinol alternative TBT cream, you'll find your perfect skincare match. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally 5 stars. Love your skin again. Go to DimeBeautyCO.com for 20% off with code GET DIME. That's DimeBeautyCO.com, code GETDIME for 20% off.
4: You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi
3: It's very inspirational, the way you carry yourself, the way your knowledge oozes out of you. And I can tell that you're going play. Where are you going? I mean, what's next? What's next?
2: I got a lot. There's so much happening. And I'm trying to seize every opportunity in front of me. So we started a restaurant group. Down North Pizza, North Star Restaurant Group. Out West is my next project. So when you're in Philadelphia, if you're going to West Philly, you're going out west. A different concept. Same mission. Only hiring formerly incarcerated. And some people may see that wrong. You know what I mean? but no, why would that be wrong? I feel like I'm trying to let the guys know ain't nobody going to save us. You a dad, huh? I'm a dad, and we got to take care of these babies, raise them right. about righteousness. you know what I mean? And ain't nobody going
3: to help us. There's no magic bullet that's going to come it, and It's deep not deep. happening. No, nah. nah, I mean, yeah. like,
2: reparate, all that. It's not happening, bro. Not not right now. We got to be the catalyst. So, like, I'm encouraging all my guys that's coming out. I done hooked up with so many different people from different cities, you know what I mean, that actually went through the penitentiary the same way as I did. And they got something going in their city, and they like, Dad, I never thought about just hiring us. Yeah, why not? Because people got to understand, like, We are a forgotten population that is one-third of the African-American population. You know what I mean? And I really try to rehumanize my guys because we're nothing but a bunch of dads. We go on Father's Day hikes. We've been on Father's Day camping trips. We go out to eat as a gang. I know everybody in my shop kids. And my kids know them. And that's what we want people to see outside of, like, see me as a fucking human being. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean? I'm not with the fuck I done. And you done done some shit. You just ain't get caught. You know what I mean? yes. But like, let's talk about it. You know what I mean, I done been in the jail where the rich white kid coming to jail and all of a sudden he's the fuck out. And it's like, what? His charges worse than mine. How the fuck he get out? Because he knew somebody. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it don't happen for people on my side of town. The, mm-hmm. the only people that's going to help us is us. And that's just a message I'm going to keep pumping out West coming uh, May, June. It's a breakfast sandwich concept. All right. Breakfast and lunch sandwiches Monday through Friday. Then I'm going to do a little brunch situation because I got more seating than I ever imagined.
3: Damn. All right. Okay. So, like, I'm ready
2: to get busy. And, like, I also got a, a program where I'm working with the youth inside of the uh, Juvenile Justice Center in Philadelphia. Every mm-hmm. Tuesday I'm there. I got a cooking class. I'm doing a, every unit. I get six weeks with them because we also have a... A healing garden where they're actually growing their own food so it's like a farm-to-table situation and then they actually get to cook the food that they grew with us and i'm you know i'm recruited i'm in there like <laughs> who who got that culinary bug because like you know like i always tell people if who's to stay if i didn't have somebody just pull my coat like a chef yo man come fuck with me real fast you know what i mean where i would be in my life so What I'm trying to do for them kids is what wasn't done for me. When I was going through that system, I didn't have nobody pointing me towards farming. I didn't have anybody pointing me towards, like, come work in my kitchen. So even if they don't want to work in our industry, when you go home, you can help your mom out. You can help your little sister. Yeah, you know I mean? If you the oldest, <laughs> that means you cooking. <laughs> yeah, man. I know all
3: about that, man. Yeah. I had to make sure that chicken was ready for my mom when she got home. Yeah, it. You didn't defrost the Help chicken. Help me take these shoes off. You ain't yeah. do that shit? You yeah. ain't got in the water with ice? You yeah. know what I'm saying? You ain't got the chicken ready, man? You yeah. in trouble. <laughs> all right, so we're now going to play our flaky game. Let's go. Oh, shit, I love that. No, he's like, I don't give a damn. It's a game. We're playing a game. Let's do it. i All right, we're going back to the subject of chicken and dumplings. Which of the following are thought to be one of the earliest versions? Is it ackee and saltfish, turnip greens cooked with cornmeal or callaloo? I might have to say the turnip greens with the cornmeal. That's a really great answer because it's correct. Turnip greens and cornmeal dumplings which if you think about how, you know, proteins were introduced into a lot of areas like the first Cuban sandwich, for example, was was really just it was veggies. Uh, So turnip greens serving as kind of the sustenance of the meal. And then, you know, proteins were introduced. Well done. Hey, Let's go. All right, here we go. What is another variation of the dish chicken and dumplings? Haggis, neeps and tatties. Chicken fingers. Or a bot boy?
2: Well, haggis is the sheep's stomach. It is. And teddy that's potatoes. So I'm going to have to say bot boy because I don't know what that is. Bot boy! Yeah. <laughs> Let's
3: bot go. Boy. Bot boy. Bot boy is a Pennsylvania Dutch <laughs> soup involving dough boiled in chicken broth or chicken stock. <sighs> and it's made with beef, ham, Shout out to and Amish. Yeah yeah. 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 That's exactly what it is. <laughs> All right. Last one. Last one. If you have. Electorophobia. What are you afraid of? Loose leaf paper? <laughs> chicken or bread?
2: <laughs> I'm trying to like use like etymology and stay and on uh, the theme of our yeah, dish. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna have to be
3: chicken. <laughs> <laughs>
2: electrophobia Apparently yeah. it's
3: chicken. Electorophobia is an intense, uncontrollable fear of
2: chicken. <laughs> I thought that was what black people have, the fear of voting. (laughs) (laughs) You know we don't be
3: voting.
4: People with electrophobia
2: have
3: excessive fear and anxiety around roosters and hens. Oh, shit. So when it comes to the Down North Foundation, how can our listeners help out? Can we volunteer? Can we donate? Is there a website?
2: DownNorthFoundation.org. We're always doing community events. You can donate on there. Just tap in, shoot us an email. We're always looking for volunteers. We are really community involved. So my first year at a restaurant, we did a free lunch program. I would do like a slice of pizza, some fries, and a chicken tender, and, and we got people to this day. Like I can't wait to the summertime when y'all giving that because it's like we gonna keep on pressing for the neighborhood, and we want to just be that resource. So. If you need a job or a connect to anybody, anything that you want to do, it's like, you know, it's nothing like
3: networking. Yeah. So we strive to be that glue for the community. Wow. I'm just, Lord. Thanks for coming on Flaky Biscuit. My listeners are going to be very thrilled. This episode is very powerful, very special. I want you all to go out there and make sure we're helping the Down North Foundation. If you're in Philly, pull Thank up. You. If you're not in Philly, get on the website. I'm going to be out here for sure doing some kind of yeah. collaboration with Down North But uh, thanks for coming on Flaky Biscuit. It was an honor to have you. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you. Thank y'all so much for listening. I'm beaming right now. Haven't met Chef Mike. You can find the recipe for the chicken and dumplings on Shondaland.com. And I want to know how it goes. Apparently, I did okay today. You know what I mean? Like, if you ain't got the stone ground flour, it's all good. You can just use all-purpose flour, make a nice dumpling melt some butter, make a flaky biscuit. I don't know. Do something. Tag me, Artisan Brian. Tag Chef Mike at is. Post your photos, your videos. Let us know how you did. You can support the Down North Foundation. Donate or buy some of their swag at downnorthfoundation.org. All of these handles and links I've mentioned are in the show notes for the episode. If you like Flaky Biscuit, leave us that shiny five-star review. Make sure you subscribe, you like, you share. Thank y'all for the support. Flaky Biscuit is executive produced by Sandy Bailey, Alex Alche, Lauren Homan, Tyler Klang, and Gabrielle Collin. Our creative producer is Bridget Kenna, and our editor and producer is Nicholas Harder, with music by Crucial. Recipes from Flaky Biscuit can be found each week on Shondaland.com. Subscribe to the Shondaland YouTube channel for more Flaky Biscuit content. Flaky Biscuit is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
4: Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
0: A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
4: Wait! Did we just invent California?
0: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
4: So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time.